welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today we are at Minute 6, which begins with uh, our first shot of Jones in the cryopod and ends with Jones being carried to Ripley by the guy from Beverly Hills Cop. And uh, we have a guest, our first guest on this Aliens Analysis. We are joined by film critic Jason Heck and a super fan of this particular picture. As Jones bookends our minute, so will I bookend the podcast by doing a few minutes now and perhaps if invited back again a few minutes toward the end. That would be awesome. Maybe some minutes in the middle? Maybe some minutes in the middle. You guys know me. You know I'm a super fan of this. I actually own supplemental materials. I once owned an M41A pulse rifle replica for which I spent (laughs) (laughs) $1,400. And it was, All right. And it was stolen. This was about eight years no ago. No way. It was it, stolen. It was stolen from my car. Um, so <laughs> someone out there who may or may not be working for the company, may or may not have Colonial Marine clearance, is currently toting an unauthorized M41A pulse rifle replica. So Kids, don't leave your pulse rifles in your car. That's our lesson yeah, what, for today. What were you doing with it in your car? Well, I was, I was going to go shoot it. I mean, it was, it was, it was a firing replica. Yeah. Right. Wow. So I was going. Right. What did it fire? Uh, well, I mean, it may, might have fired ten millimeter explosive tip caseless, or it might have fired airsoft BBs. I'm not really going <laughs> to. I'm not going to. Let's just say one of those. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not well, going to commit good. to either one. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here. Glad to be back. It's one of my favorite movies. I had such a great time with Alien, which is one of my favorite scary movies, and now we have same series, one of my favorite action movies. Did you see time. it when it came out in the theaters? You know, I didn't. I was, um, I believe it was summer of 86, correct? Which I was uh, in France. My father lived in France. I spent my summers with him. I came back and I first saw it on VHS from Video Corner in Prairie Village and watched it and um, was amazed. My mom told me about it. She wrote, we, she would write me postcards in France and told me that she had gone on a date with an, a guy and that he had been, they saw it at the Glenwood, I believe, in like Glenwood 1. And he was clenching. Which is a huge 70 millimeter theater. Colossal. And he was clenching her forearm the whole time. So uh, I, I guess he didn't last very long. He was clenching long. her forearm. Like <laughs> a lot of tension in that movie, but uh, I don't think he lasted very long. Um, I think she also had to push the mower when he was around too. But <laughs> um, yeah, that, my first experience was on VHS, and um, I was I was awed by the movie. I mean, having been built up by my mom as, as tense, you know, there's mom tense and then there's real tense, right? Like, but I was even watching it on the old 19 inch TV. I was, I was amazed and fell in love with the movie and promptly bought the VHS when it came out for, you know, not $113 back then. And have, I, I think I owned two DVDs of it, one Blu-ray and now a 4k Blu-ray. So it just, I keep wanting it to look better. And now that I have a, you know, a, a huge 4k TV, I, that was one of the first purchases. See, he's bought it over and over again. As yes. Well. We, well, but remember I own, I owned a pulse rifle. So well, it's, yeah, the DVD true. is nothing <laughs> for, for it's, fandom. It's, yeah. it's a small price to pay compared to the $1,400 that was stolen from me. Well, we were talking about this, this uh, beautiful light show that precedes your minute. And as this thing scans the interior of the Narcissus and John, you had an observation about the very beginning of this minute after we see Jones revealed in the cryopod and we've heard voices for the first time and we see these guys. And then the first thing they what's the first thing they do after they say there goes our salvage operation. 
They take off their masks. Yeah. I, uh, I thought about right before he says it, but yeah. Made oh. me think of um, all the people taking off their masks in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have a scanner preceding them. They just took their they just took right. their helmets off. Just you know, well, I mean, the they, had, they still had the mask on even after the scanner preceded them here. I'm not sure where do, where is the sh- where is the narcissist right now? Is it docked inside it's, the ship? Yeah, or is it, yeah, it's sort so, of in the belly of this monstrous salvage ship. Yeah, right. So they're worried there perhaps are some disease, gaseous stuff, right? something in the air that they don't want to breathe. But I guess they find out you know once they get the. They get a readout. We get a little exponi- expositional readout from a guy. Right. She's alive. Right. We assume he's getting it. Well, we're all clear to. So take it's the okay for off. them to take it off. Yeah, but, but that's know? Huey because she's fine in the pod, right? But you know there well, could be some awful pathogen in in well, the shuttle what, itself. That, that's why right? I wondered if that thing's scanning through the. Is, yeah, is now, some kind of a tricorder. It's an all. Thing. It's a tricorder. It, it scans everything. We're getting all the bio readings. Yeah. We're getting the technological capabilities. We're getting any radiation. We're getting anything from this. One scanner. So now I, I have to ask you guys because this precedes my minute a smidge, but I have to ask both your opinions. You're both familiar with film equipment. We know that Cameron repurposes it. For example, the Steadicam rig for the smart guns. The thing that comes in the scanner robot, which is essentially a, a, a laser beam splitter, which the Who used to good effect, and certainly which Cameron loved. It was also used in the Terminator Two trailer. Is that just like a, a, a camera rig, a boom kind of thing, a, a, a camera setup? All I know is it was rigged up at the last minute, so probably whatever makes the most sense. Yeah, probably a Chapman boom rig maybe right. or something. I don't know. Well, we talked about it that the way it comes in mm-hmm. to the room, it has kind of a flowy sort of even right. puppety kind of look to it. And we speculated that maybe there was a guy on the other side of the, you know, much like a steady cam rig, the right. guy on the other side just kind of maneuvering it into the room and thinking about, well, it's it's kind of, of a low rent effect, but also it could very well be how these guys, how that thing works. Yeah, like so maybe it's a body rig arm. Check, check your credits for scanner swing gang or something like that. Yeah, but exactly. A literal swing gang. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that I, I think it's so great how Cameron repurposes sort of clunky bulky machinery and and makes it you know he adds a few odds and ends and makes it look industrial and futuristic and cool um yeah. you know like the welder effect that cuts open the door is one of the coolest things in the movie and it's just a throwaway kind of thing but this perfect line that's cut by this laser welder thing to open up a you know a, a two inch thick door is really amazing and you just ignore it in the rest of the movie's awesome technology which well, i think it just like the two lines of dialogue which are really pregnant with meaning but are also kind of tossed off the first one sort of giving us the information that she's alive but the reaction to that being this really cynical remark of well there goes our salvage operation yeah a a hint that that in this universe money 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 still calls the shots well i mean mitch we're right back to last week where we're talking about cameron still playing in the playground of alien like he's still trying to keep us oriented in make us feel what we felt in the last movie so we're not so abruptly thrown into his movie. This is totally a, a Parker-Brett moment, right? Yeah. This is the, yeah. oh, we lost our salvage. Oh, great. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're getting the work-a-day space, yeah. space and a whiff, miners again. And, a, a whiff that they're about to be screwed by the company again because oh. they didn't make the salvage, right? Mm-hmm. So so no shares for them. Yeah. And, and, and in exact same fashion as, you know, they had to all wake up and go investigate this reading that they got um, in Alien, these guys, I mean, this is in their contract. You find a person, you got to go home. You can't, you don't get to do this. Yeah. You don't get to keep working. You got to do some. It's well, in there. There's probably a, a dickhead android on their ship 
that tells them all about their reads their contract verbatim <laughs> right. to them. You know, like right. remember, guys, if you find somebody in there, we're out of here. Standard law of the sea: if there's a person alive on the ship, you don't get it. You don't get it, yeah. right? And I think that there's such promise in all of these minutes and the minutes that are going to we're going to continue on into. And I I wanted to just ask the general question because I'm not going to be here for every episode. Is there ever a point in this movie where all of the promise goes away or where the promise no longer uh, pays off? Because I know we had talked about a couple of teeny bumps in Alien where, you know, it it, kind of rattles us and it kind of seems to get off track or it throws our suspension of disbelief and we have to get back on. And um, I'm just curious what that will be, if that will be. But I do think that what's lovely about this first 20 minutes of this movie is it is so filled with promise. You know, he really mm-hmm. is just giving you these nuggets that are delicious, you know? He starts a, he starts his plate spinning, and you, you start wondering, is he like, going to keep them all going? Can he do it? Right. Can he keep it going? Right. Like, my God, there's another plate. He just got another one up in the air. It's yeah. really extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, it lets you know what a talent he is. I mean, you know, b- before he starts pooping out Avatar sequels that nobody asked for, it's okay to, to look back at what he created. You know, I mean, you look at The Terminator, it's an amazingly great movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. tight. It's it's And what he did with no money. So when he gets a modest amount of money from Fox, look what he does. I mean, he makes an, arguably the greatest science fiction action picture of all time. The diehard of sci-fi. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, a movie that is almost, almost from the moment they land on LV-426, almost a nonstop movie. With very few pauses for breath, a few very small moments, but but in here we we kind of get the, this whiff that it's a future that is still technology is not push button and touchscreen and beautiful. It's grimy. Dudes still work and do dirty jobs in this future, just like they drove a truck, a tugboat in the in Alien. Here they are, just kind of you picture these guys without the robots. They probably have crowbars, you know. They probably have hand torches like they they have later and. These are guys who are just working dudes, and suddenly they just saw, you know, who knows how many thousands of dollars each kind of go up in smoke with one one swipe of her of her cryotube. Yeah. And if she wasn't, if she was Damn dead, cat. The, the cat would probably get it, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know like a millionaire who leaves a million bucks to their cat kind of thing. So, well, it moves to this really stunning transition, which I heard somewhere they even really prefigured where her face is in the frame and made sure that it matched perfectly the sphere of the earth in this beautiful dissolve from Ripley's face to the to this beautiful shot of of the earth and then this pan right that reveals this extraordinary space station and it again we're back to like flying around the enterprise in in Star Trek 2 where where where, uh, hey, everybody, look at this. Look how great this is. This is big-budget science fiction you know, extravaganza happening. Well, I don't want to go past the dissolve too quick because yeah. the, here we have another example, I think, of Cameron seeing something Ridley Scott did and saying, okay, first of all, that's a great technique. It's a good transitional technique for us here. Um, but it, we, we, all, we remember Ash. You know, we have that close-up of Ash, and then we dissolve into LV-426 through the surface of the planet. Hard, cold. It's a nice mirror effect in a way because we got the hard, cold android Ash, who's up to no good. We don't know that yet at that point in the movie, but we get the hard, cold reality of the planet. Here we have our hero, Ripley, dissolve into the blue, life-giving planet of Earth. Yeah. I think we got yeah. a nice mirror effect. So we still, again, we're overlapping literally in this case. We're dissolving from Cameron's 
ideas of what Scott provided in the previous film into his idea of the movie. We're creating a hero out of Ripley early in the film when it was late in the film and Alien and so on. So we're getting some good mirroring here. I Mother think. Earth. It's more. Mother it might to be, Mother Earth. We might be at the end of it in a way. I mean, I think that there's a little bit, I mean, there's obviously a little bit more Alien uh, coming at us here in the next couple of minutes. But I think we're starting to get away from the more subtle stuff. I the, think you're right. Yeah, I, I think, think that we're about to move into James Cameron's movie. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once, once you transition, honestly, into any gleaming flashing light technolo- technological environment you're in cameron land i mean it, it is it is displayed at best at the end of the picture with the airlock with a thousand sirens flashing and but 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 this is you know cameron land is is gleaming it is it is full of buttons and lights and 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 he shoots it stunningly well i mean at mitch the one one thing you told me early on in in our in our partnership as as critics on the radio was you're either born knowing where to put the camera or you're not. And we were talking at the time about Spielberg, a guy who, you know, came up in Universal and never went to film school and yet makes unbelievably beautiful movies. Cameron, to me, is sort of the same way. He's a guy who, you know, he painted mats and he, you know, he did special effects on Escape from New York and and, and did Piranha 2, The Spawning, which had none of the talent that you would see showing up here. But he knows where to put his camera and he knows how to make almost anything beautiful to look at. And in this case, you know, even even a, a, the bland hospital room that it, it, she awakens in is um, it. I mean, everything looks great in the movie. It's just he's so good at that. Yeah. The ships that are flying by the camera towards the space station are those marine dropships? They look like dropships to me. And uh, yeah, uh, we were looking at it in the previous minute, and the, they they are dropships. Weirdly enough, with the the weapon pods out and deployed. So I don't know if. Um, uh, well, it could be a throwaway, or it could be that Whalen Yutani knows they've got something pretty significant on, on board, and Burke suddenly has armed dropships buzzing around the station. Um, well, I guess that is possible, isn't it? Well, it's possible. But there's some sort of corporate warfare going on. Who knows? We know. Maybe we, there's hostility uh, potential here somehow. We know that that you know the corporations are in charge. We know that the the United States Colonial Marines we discover are essentially their pawns. Um, so it might make sense that, um, you know, they have, they tell the Marines, Hey, we got something pretty important on board the station. Maybe you guys could have a, a dropship or two fly by and, Oh, it wouldn't hurt to be fangs out and, you know, have your weapons on board. So who knows? But it's, it's clear that the ships that are flying that I think one or two are visible, um, have their, their weapon pods out and open. Like I said, could be a throwaway just cause it looks neat. Cause it makes them look more like, you know, ornithopters and more like yeah. wasps yeah, yeah, yeah. or it could be. You know that there's he's telling us. Oh, something. I think you. I I like this legitimate, this legitimate uh, explanation of it. I like Again, that. I I owned a pulse rifle. These are the kind of things I think about. <laughs> it's important to remember. Right. This is the kind of yeah. stuff that I notice and think about. But all of us here who are looking at the movie minute by minute, this is where you're going to see stuff like that. You're primed to look for every detail you can in sixty seconds, and that's a detail you notice. Huh? That's weird. The guns are out. So. You know, another detail that I'm going to return to is the window that we cut to with the space station outside of it, which is now uh, the glass is reflecting back into the lab that she's in, and it creates a really convincing effect. When we get back to that window a little bit later, I want you to take a look at it and see what you think at that point, but we're not there yet. Okay. So... um I noticed in this in this um, unless you have anything else to say about the effects shot of well, the space station. So, so this is we're at Gateway Station now. We know this uh, the nurse 
says the name of the station uh, later in the minute. But I just wanted to point out this is a, um, you know, mostly a matte painting from what I understand. It's a Peter Lamont design. So he designed it. It's mostly a matte painting, but there are practical model effects in there. And apparently they kitbashed, re-kitbashed the, the refinery from Nostromo, uh, the Nostromo refinery. So what we're seeing here is just re-appropriated um, pieces of the refinery. To make to make Gateway Station. Yes, to make oh, Gateway. Wow. This is what I read. I did not hear this from our expert on kit bashing out there, which he might have a totally different story. I'm looking forward to hearing it if Eric has something more to say about this. But this is what I read. Um, that would be implying that the there was they still had the refinery and took it apart, hmm. which is kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> but considering they had lost the the nar- narcissist and and other. But now, from is the that, so this is where I'm confused, and a quick trip to YouTube will solve this, but is did Cameron go to that guy who collected all the pieces, who got all of the different pieces from uh, Alien after they were clearing out all that stuff? He's out in the valley, and he has all this Alien paraphernalia out mm. there. And I seem to remember in that little documentary, and I'll find it, and I'll get it on the Facebook page, uh, put it on there that Cameron's people came out to him and said, we need, we need some of this to use some of this stuff mm-hmm. for this, for the sequel. But I could be wrong. That's the guy who boxed up and stored Harry Dean Stanton, right? <laughs> In that tote. It's preserved, been preserved. But he let him out. He, he lets, lets him out, out every so often, right? To go smoke cigarettes He's and drink. Around, so. It's called Red Dawn. Go, what, what I'm going to put drink? you in it. What does he drink? Vodka, cranberries at that? I can't remember. <laughs> Vodka, cranberries, and two packs a day at 90. Right. I guess some something's going on. Somebody's preserving him somehow oh, in his off hours. Pickled. I love He's it. Pickled. I love it. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing I like about uh, about your theory on, on repurposing the refinery is, doesn't it fit perfectly with what we know about James Cameron, right? I mean, he's an effects whiz, so matte painting with practical model effects, hey, I mean, Pretty much the Terminator future stuff writ large. Um, and then we know he loves grungy, bulky, clumsy-looking technology. Not quite as clumsy as as Alien, not quite as, as analog, but we know he loves to repurpose stuff like that. So I would totally subscribe to that theory. I would not be surprised if that was exactly what happened. And I think that that location, that gateway station, if... If I'm not wrong, I think that's where the um, William Gibson Alien 3 script takes place. The idea for that one was going to be that that the aliens inhabit a space mm-hmm. station around the Earth, and that was where the fight was going to happen. It's got to beat the hell out of Fury 161. Well, I, t- I, I got to say, when I went to I just research a little information about this uh, station, there I had to swim through a couple of dozen different space stations in the Alien universe that have different stories that go on on them and different right. books and so on. So there's a bunch of them. I don't know if this, maybe this isn't the exact one, but, you know. But that's where the idea. Yeah, that, that would be the idea. One of the initial concepts of, of Alien 3 right. came from. Sure. But it got back to that station. <laughs> the, the alien commandeers a drop ship and heads down to Earth. <laughs> well, we, we certainly see that later in the movie where it attempts to carjack a drop ship. Right. So we dissolve, we, we are now in, inside and we have a very friendly nurse. 
Oh, with big numbers on the walls. Did you notice the yeah. numbers? Yeah, I was looking for a, a symbiotic standard. I didn't see any. There wasn't any. There is some later in the movie. Oh, I, are there? I think it's an updated version now. We'll get into that later. Sure. I don't want to j- jump too far ahead. 57 right. years but later. It would make sense but they, that they, they would do it. have that same kind of. That is the same. There, there are things font, that right? lead Those... you to, through a corridor, and everyone who's played Alien. Um, uh, the game isolation, alien isolation. Thank you. that knows that those are actually helpful and so on uh know you know what department you're going to what section right. of the ship you're going to all that stuff or on the lockers and all that yeah stuff. they kind of do that it, they have that uh close to that same font that thunderbirds uh yeah, battle Thunderbird, of the planets yeah, kind of yeah. feel to them yeah. yeah well that would make sense too because we know that the worlds that cameron creates in his head and on 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 paper he works very hard to make i mean think about the abyss like return water and and electrical conduits all that stuff so it would make sense that he would do this i mean you know you see footage of him when he was making t2 test firing every weapon right like he 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 and robert patrick out in the desert shooting all these guns together there's no reason that james cameron needs to shoot the gun but there he is because he wants to you know know that robert patrick will have the recoil just right so that kind of attention to detail totally makes me think that he there would be an updated kind of version because remember 57 years after alien of the semiotic standards that's true we have yeah. jumped we don't know that yet but we have yeah, jumped ahead 57 years uh the shot is it's a it's a really modest loose uh medium shot very matter of factly moving with with the med tech through the space and mm-hmm. then revealing uh ripley and then a sort of a slow dolly back but it's it's all very unthreatening and there's not a lot of inherent tension built into the way that the scene is being shot, which is which is great because that's what it's doing. It's it's supposed to be relaxing us. It's supposed to be a safe place. Right? Yeah, it's supposed to be safe. So what makes it safer? A fuzzy kitty. Yep. And a and a funny funny man bringing that kitty to you. <laughs> the man behind the novel. The what is it? The the, the book Couplehood. Paul Couple. Reiser. <laughs> Paul Reiser. Oh my god. He's uncomfortable with the word nuance in diner. <laughs> You remember right, that? Right, like, yes. Modell has this thing about nuance. Oh, man. Nuance. Yeah, so we got Paul Reiser. We didn't talk about him during the credits. We were kind of saving that for when he appeared on screen, so... Do we do it this minute, or do we do it, you know, in the oh, next minute? We could, yeah, yeah. Well, what we know about him right now is he's a guy in a suit, which, God bless Cameron and, and a modest budget, the, the only nod to future fashion is that the collar on the suit is turned up. Um, right. so, which was actually a nod to present-day fashion when the movie was made. The certainly. Pop, pop certainly the pop collar. Little, look, yeah. Yeah. Little yeah, whiff of Duran Duran. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, and, and he comes in, and he's 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 got a cat, and it's the cat, which we know. It's Jones, um, the other survivor of the Nostromo. And in my theory, the one who was trying to save everybody the whole time, who knew what was going on, who kept leading them to discarded alien exoskeletons, and who kept getting locked in the locker by the alien so he couldn't help the humans. If you remember my theorizing on this, nobody subscribed to my theory. No, if you'll remember, my theory on this was that Jones was leading them to the alien to kill them off one by one. Oh, oh. God, your theory got a lot darker than mine. Mine was you were there for the theory. No, but those episodes, I said I wanted. uh, He was trying to help them because they give him the kibble and everything. If he kills them, uh, who feeds him? So where is his look? I mean, then the terrible performance by Jones when um, Brett gets taken up. Total indifference on the face. I mean, where's the look of anguish, grief? If if Jones cares so much about these characters, why? Or maybe he's thinking, okay, smallest, weakest, not a huge loss. I'm thinking I've, that's what I've, he's thinking about everybody. On I've show. still got Parker who can fix stuff, so not a huge loss. Well, they he's obviously like, lost their best engineer. But... <laughs> yeah, your savant yeah. theory. There's another one that nobody bought. 
all the heavy lifting. Parker just yes. laughs and he gets nervous. Weirdly, Worst everybody that agree- weirdly everybody that agrees with me on that was completely silent. They all decided. <laughs> they they John, were in awe of John, it. They, they your John sounds so confident in his theory. He doesn't need any support. Signify your agreement by posting nothing to our Facebook. That's perfect. That's perfect. Please. <laughs> Deafening silence from the fans on that one. Yeah. No, they loved it. A wall of agreement. Yeah. Nice. So we've got our corporate guy, he, we've got our cat, and we've got the end of our minute. Yep. Yeah, that's I it. I think that's it. That's I, all I've got. I mean, we're, we're basically just going to continue right in. Talk we, a little more about Paul Reiser tomorrow. Yeah, maybe? let's talk a little bit more about Paul I, Reiser tomorrow. That'll tease you, folks. Am I invited back tomorrow? Yes. Can you come back tomorrow? Ooh. Go walk well, the dogs. Got, uh, yeah, that's fine. I can move my hair thing to another day. It's fine. I'm, I'm losing most of my hair anyway. So yeah, I was going to say, is by moving your hair thing, you mean the hair piece changed slightly yeah, to the left? Changed my super tuper, my Shatner, right. Shatner autograph model. <laughs> uh, Shatner. Oh, Star Trek got reference. Star Trek, yeah. We got it. Well, yeah, Mitch yeah. tried it. I actually <laughs> stepped on your Star Trek reference earlier. Yeah, but weirdly, okay. ironically. It happens. It happens. I, <laughs> I got Shatner on the brain because I've been watching uh, Judgment at Nuremberg and there's a young, handsome, charming Bill Shatner in that. So yeah, if you okay. haven't seen Judgment at Nuremberg, you should go Get your shat on. <laughs> John, where will they find us on the internet? Um, okay. Uh, you can find us at alienminute.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcatcher. Um, we are at, find us at the Movies by Minutes podcast uh, You know, group. All the other movies that do this minute by minute craziness are on there. You can also find us on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod or on Instagram at Alien Minute Podcast. Okay, well, that's going to do it for Minute 6. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute Number 7.